You're listening to the Awakened Soul Podcast, and this is a special edition. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, we have a special guest on this week's episode from my city. We got to show the hometown some love of Columbus, Ohio. We got Deuce in the building, recording artists. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Look, man, that intro, one of the best intros I've been on, you know, different podcasts, different shows. That's one of the best intros, but it made me feel good. I'm not going to lie. This is going to be a good interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we uh, we, we even get started, man, we got we got to introduce you to the people. So tell the people... My listeners, a little bit about you, man, what you got going on, and then uh, also where they can find your music, and then, then we'll go ahead and start. But man, so my name is Deuce, and that's actually an acronym for Dream Under Every Circumstance Existing, so it's spelled D-U-E-C-E. Um, from the south side of Columbus, man, grew up right on Fairwood and Whittier. Uh, you know, I got, I just dropped a new project, To Be Honest, Growing Pains. It's my second project, a continuation from the first project, uh, To Be Honest, Stories of a Kid. And lately, man, I've just been, you know, doing different shows, uh, been on kind of like a, a media run of sorts, but a little bit different than what most people are doing, because a lot of guys like to go out, they like to just highlight themselves. But I'm going out and reaching out to shows within the podcast community, because I feel like hip hop and podcast, man, we're like the subcultures within subcultures. So it's like, yo, or subcultures within the city. If we come together, man, we could really do some really dope stuff. So, you know, getting on a show like yours, man, is a big honor, man. And I'm very appreciative. Oh, man, no problem. So, like, because I'm, I'm a Columbus transplant. I, I I moved here from St. Louis, and before then, I, I, I lived in Italy. So, I, I didn't, I haven't always been here. But, like, this, the city of Columbus, I will say this. When I when I moved here within the first three months, I was like, I'm probably never leaving. The people in Columbus, when they sh- when people in Columbus show you love, they fuck with you all the way. There's, like, no in-between. Either they don't fuck with you or they fuck with you hard. And I love that about this city. Yeah, man, it, for me, you know, it's crazy because sometimes I have to catch myself being like, damn, you really fuck with me? Like, surprise, bro, because you, like I said, I've been different places. Like I said, born and raised Columbus, Ohio. But, you know, I've just been different places. And, you know, I've just been blessed enough to everywhere I went because I was in Kentucky for seven years. Uh, everywhere I went, it was kind of the same way. Like, yo, either they rock with you or they don't rock with you. Um, so here in Ohio, man, it's like, especially here in Columbus, it's like, hey, if they behind you, they behind you. Because Ohio State, man, to the death, it don't matter what Ohio State do. If you love Ohio State, you love them through the good, the bad, the thick, the thin. And it's the same way Columbus has got that love for everybody. I got a question, though. So how long you live in St. Louis? I lived in St. Louis for almost 10 years. Okay, so I got two questions because I, I asked everybody from St. Louis because my homegirl, first thing, is spaghetti a meal? Is spaghetti by itself a meal? Just spaghetti by itself? No, you, you got to have yeah. something with you. You either got to you gotta have fish with it, man. I can't eat spaghetti oh, without yeah. fish. You, you St. Louis for real, because I remember my uncle, he from Missouri, um, Little Mexico, actually, I think. and he But he spent some time in, like, Kansas City and St. Louis. And so every time we go out to visit him, he always make spaghetti and fish. And I just thought it was because it was a lot of us that he made that. But he's like, nah, it's like my homegirl from St. Louis, she's like, yo, if you just serve spaghetti, like, I remember the first time I tried to give her just spaghetti, she's like, you ain't got nothing else. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got garlic bread. She's like, no. I'm talking about chicken or, you know what I'm saying, some fish. I was like, eat that with spaghetti? Like, yeah, bro, spaghetti low-key aside there. So, 
That's the that, that I had to ask you that. And then, uh, do you know who the Chinaman is? That yeah, Chinaman, absolutely. <laughs> All right, bet. So you saying Louis for real, for real? Yeah, nah, because my my homegirl she rave about it, bro. She's like, yeah, go down to the Chinaman. I was like, what is that? Like a, a shoe store? Or she's like, nah, bro, that's the restaurant. That's the Chinese food, bro. You get it from the Chinaman. So, oh yeah, you um. First of all, if you uh, have you have you been to St. Louis before? Nah, bro. I want to go out, and she invited me out a couple times, man. Shout out my homegirl Todd, but it's just like you know, just for different reasons, my schedule and stuff like that. I never, I haven't been able to make it out there yet. So whenever you go to St. Louis, there's 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 two things you need to eat. You definitely need to try the Chinaman. Whoever's whoever's with you out there, they'll take you to the right one. Get a St. Paul sandwich. Just that. I'm not even going to explain it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even going to explain it. Get a St. Paul sandwich. Get a chicken St. Paul. It'll change your life. And then you have to get Emo's pizza. If you don't do nothing else, get those two things. It'll change your life. I'm a foodie, dog. When I go to New York, they're like, you want to go see the, like, you know what I'm saying? Where you want to go? I said, take me wherever y'all be at. Wherever y'all eat at, that's where I'm trying to be at. I've been in New York probably, probably like eight or nine times, man. And I never, I never eat or I never go to like. Like the Statue of Liberty or none of that stuff. But I'm like, bro, where's the pizza shops at? You know, <laughs> where the best, you know, soul food? That's where I'd be at. So I'm definitely going to have to check it out, man. So you said yeah, a, a chicken St. Paul. A chicken St. Paul. And Emo's. And Emo's Pizza. Matter of fact, yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about, about pork. I know everybody don't eat pork. But if you get a bacon pizza from Emo's, bro, there's nothing better. Listen, man, I, pork, man. I grew up on it. People be acting funny knowing that your mom used to serve you bacon sandwiches. Bacon man. scraps at that. People be trying to act sedity. It's like, bro, you used to grow up on bacon scraps. You need to stop playing. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah, those 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 are the two things I miss the most about St. Louis. But uh yeah, man, you you definitely gotta definitely gotta check that out. But let's let's get back into this city. Let's talk about Columbus a little more. So the hip hop scene in Columbus, I'm still getting myself familiar with familiarize with it um my new relationship with the radio station here i'm definitely going to be more entrenched in the local hip-hop but what was it like coming up in in the music scene here in columbus man it's it's funny because you know just the midwest in general i think it's had some golden times and uh i think this is like a, a second coming for columbus man because in the early 2000s way before i really even thought about music you know growing up i played ball so, you know, at that time, there was a golden age in like the early 2000s. But when you seen like when you seen Chicago growing up and you seen places like St. Louis and stuff like that, the same thing was happening in Columbus, but maybe to like a smaller degree. So now you see a lot of those same things happening. It's almost like, you know, my mom always say nothing ever new happens. It just comes in cycles, you know. So it's like, yo, it went out west then it went back out east. And now it's coming back to that Midwest, and, you know. Chicago and St. Louis and already put their, you know, then put their stamp on it, man, with guys like Chance the Rapper, and you got the St. Louis, and, you know, you got guys like Smino and stuff like that, man. So you got really dope artists coming from the Midwest. And when you shift back to the Columbus area, it's the same way. I just think it's a different, you know, everybody was rapping like Cassidy in 2000. And, you know, you had guys that was real hard, East Coast bars kind of feel. And now you got just kind of more eclectic um, just backpack, just open view of music. And I can't even say that. That's just the genre I'm in. But there's so many different varieties of music here in the city, just in terms of the rap scene itself. You know, you got the dudes who the, the trap rap. You got the guys that kind of do a little bit of the drill thing. You got guys who do, you know, the intellectual rap. You got guys who do spoken word, lyrical, you know. So coming up in Columbus is it's weird for me because even though I grew up here, I've only been doing music um, for three years. And two of those years I was in Kentucky. So, you know. I came back here last year, and so it was kind of a learning experience, learning who the major players are, you know, and also just trying to shape the culture and push the culture here in Columbus because 
one thing I think we have now different than when they had it back in 2000, like we have the internet. Like in 2000, the internet was still like, that was before the boom in social media. Now with things like Twitter, Instagram, just how quickly you can find things, you know, Columbus has an opportunity to really stake its claim as a major hub in the Midwest when it comes to entertainment. Absolutely. And the thing, and I tell people all the time, like when I told people I was moving to Ohio, they're like, you move to Ohio, what's out there? And I'm like, look, don't get me wrong. Like Ohio is like, mainly has like three big cities everything else is kind of rural but columbus specifically like people are sleeping on columbus a it's, it's 13th i think 13th or maybe i think we moved up to 12th in the last year largest city in the country everything is here like everything you have and you have people from all different cultures all different walks of life everything here in columbus it's re- it really is a melting pot like I, like no other city almost because it's just you get a little bit of everything here yeah no nah, my homie he uh i got a homie named coop he do a clothing line called city views uh he's been a little bit of everywhere he grew up in la lived out there till he was 16 moved to georgia lived out there for two years lived in kentucky for like six years and now he out in new york but when he come to columbus he said man you know he said the vibe here is crazy because like he like you said, man, it's like, bro, it, the way that things are going just from the way the city's being built. You know, I can remember a time where downtown was not the place to be. And now they're renovating downtown. So it looks like a metropolis, like people are really living downtown. And that central area, man, is really becoming a hub for a lot of uh, new businesses. You got Ohio State down there and that has one of the, like it's one of the biggest universities like Ohio State. The brand is so big, like anywhere I go. I see Ohio State. I've been out to Cali. I've been down to Florida. I've been down to, you know, I've been out to, you know, Idaho, Missouri, just different places, man. Wherever I go, I see that Ohio State. And it's crazy. It's like, yo, but it's a brand. Like, it's a big deal. The Ohio State University, like, it's a big deal. And so as artists, man, we got opportunity to kind of be part of that culture. And there's eyes on Columbus, definitely. Um, You know, people, every major tour always stops through Columbus Um, because, you know, it's a big city. Absolutely. And the thing and the thing too is is that because we're a university city, and yes, Ohio State's the largest, but we got capital. We got we got a, a lot of universities here. Is that people come and they they take in the culture of Columbus and then a little bit of that goes back home with them or wherever they go. A lot of people stay here after school. Like a lot I work at Chase. A lot of people end up staying here just because of how great of a city it is. But the ones that do go back to the city or move out somewhere else it gets taken everywhere. And so like people don't even realize, like, like you said, Ohio state fans, literally every city has an Ohio state fan, every city. Yeah. And like you said, man, it goes back. One of the craziest things that helped me as an artist was going to college. I graduated from college in 2016, but it helped me see how, you know, how that works, man. I remember chance the rapper. I heard chance the rapper for the first time when I was in college and I'm like, man, who is this dude? And my homie kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And I got hooked on it. And I'm like, yo, like, boss, I got hooked to him on college, man. Like, a lot of stuff, that atmosphere where you got people coming from different places. Like, when Amigos blew up, I went to school in Kentucky, but I went to school with a lot of dudes from Georgia. And so, you know, Migos, Future, Young Thug, all them dudes was getting bumped in the locker room. Or when, you know what I'm saying? We just be in the dorms. We listening to our music. And I come back, and I'm hip to it. I say Future, and people don't know. And then three months later, I come back. And they're like, oh, yeah, Future. It's like, yeah, man, like, that that experience that the culture just a college period of that growth and the things that people take from from it you know 
like I said, Columbus is no better place to be because, like you said, surrounded by colleges, whole bunch of colleges. So you have the opportunity to really grow a fan base, man. And uh, like you said, go somewhere else with it. You know, you may inspire or you may, you know, get a fan that really lives in New York or he's really from Texas. or And that's really how artists blow up, man, is getting those fans in one central area that disperse out to other areas. Oh, absolutely. Like at this point now, it's like it, marketing, like it used to be big marketing budgets behind any rapper who who kind of blew up. Nowadays, it's just all you need to do is have a following on social media and that's your marketing they're going to market it for you they're going to spread the word for you if they really love your product and love your music but we have to talk about the music industry in general so this summer has had some of the best albums concentrated albums in a minute like it's, it felt like we were getting album after album after album between Pusha T, Kanye, Kid C, Ghost of course Nas uh, we got Cardi B earlier this year we got Drake dropping we have Black Thought drop a project randomly meek dropped an ep so i gotta ask you this man out of all the music we got so far this summer and the summer's not over yet what's been your favorite album so far uh i, I probably have to say my project but if i'm if i'm not saying my project you know, <laughs> one that you didn't mention but it's probably one of my favorite projects um is that that j-rock man that j-rock Ooh, yes. is fire bro like from from beginning to end because like i listened to a cut you know how you go and you listen to a couple cuts so like i already knew about bloodiest i already know about uh what's that song called is it called win I, I already knew about them songs man but then i was sitting i was on the way from new york i did a show out in new york on the way back i just threw on the whole j-rock tape and i'm like yo these songs is fire like he got the one with cole he got uh redemption with scissor he got troopers. He got the joint with Jeremiah. Like that whole tape is fire, man. And they got some of my anthems on there, bro. Like I, I don't know. I'm the type of person that can listen to an album over and over and over again. And you know, this year has been J Rock, and I just think, man, it's kind of good to see him get his his credit, man. It seems a little bit overdue. Um, so to see him get his credit, man, for being the artist that he is, you know, it, it's amazing. Yeah, and the thing with the, the, the J-Rock album, and uh, I can't believe I forgot to mention that, because J, I think J, J-Rock, and it's funny you can say quietly, but he almost quietly dropped the album of the year because it got so caught up in everything else that was going on, like the Drake and Pusha thing. It's one of the most consistent albums of the year. But the thing with J-Rock, anyone who was a J-Rock fan or TDE fan like no, that knows his story, he was supposed to be the one to blow from TDE. And, it, and you know that just goes to timing and what all that means, but... J-Rock as an artist is amazing and his A listen to the Redemption Redemption album and definitely go and check out the Redemption documentaries that they've been putting out cuz that shit gave me a whole new respect for J-Rock and I already loved him before then. Yeah, no, I think J-Rock man, like you said, he was the he's the people don't notice people think that, you know, it started with uh Kendrick, but really uh that whole camp was built really J-Rock was first and then I want to say it was like J-Rock, Kendrick Q and then Absol, man. And, you know, it's crazy that uh, it's crazy how good he is, man. Like you said, just timing and how even though he's got caught up in all this other stuff, he, like you said, quietly and kind of consistently, that album, you know, everybody else's album got holes in it. You know, Pushes was a real solid project, but like they said, Kanye West's project was too short and it was too thrown together. Um, you know, Drake's project was too long, but Jay or not J. Cole, um, J. Cole dropped a project, you know. Yeah, like uh, KOD. Yeah, but J-Rock dropped something, bro, that was like, yo, it had a little bit of everything in it. You know, it had a different vibe uh, throughout. 
you know, it has some of the softer stuff. It has some of the club stuff. And it just has some flat out J-Rock, like some stuff that was just like, that just had you hype, man. It was like, yo, J-Rock is, yeah, quietly, he's probably, he's probably my second favorite dude on TDE. Isaiah Rashad is my first favorite. Um, But yeah, man, he's dope. He's fire. And it's just been a good summer for music. And kind of before this year even started, me and a couple people within my camp was just like, yo, 2018 is going to be a good year for Columbus music. I didn't realize it was just going to be a good year for music, period. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we talked about the positive of it. Let's talk about the negative, man. What's what's What album were you most disappointed with this summer so far? You know, the truth is, man, I really don't. I can't really say I was disappointed with anybody's project because art is from people's perspective. And if I just don't like something, I just don't really get too far into it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't give it energy. You know, I, I think I haven't been disappointed necessarily by anybody. You know, for me not to like an album, it had to have been something I was anticipating and it came out and it wasn't what I. But if I don't like an album, like, don't get me wrong. I was kind of looking forward to Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lap. And when it came out, it just didn't catch me. Like the first four or five songs didn't catch me. I said, eh, I'm not mad about it. I don't think it's a bad album. It just wasn't for me. Um, you know, I really was a big fan of Kanye's album, which people kind of crapped on. Uh, and people were really excited about the Nas album. It just really didn't catch me. My homie bumps it all the time. And I'm just like, uh, I mean, I know it's Nas, but yeah. So I can't say that I'm really disappointed with anybody's project. But at the same time, it's like I didn't really get my hopes up for too many people's thing. You know, I was working on my project throughout this year, you know, and just doing a lot of stuff for the first time. I remember dropping my my first project, kind of just cold turkey, you know, promo, no anything. And, you know, so this part this time around, we had singles, you know, the rollout was a lot different. So I was really kind of in my shell in terms of music. And, you know, now that I've come out, I'm like, all right, I'll go back and listen to a couple of these albums. But if it ain't really for me, it ain't for me. May, it may not be a bad album, just ain't for me. All right, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, what was the next question I was going to ask you? So, staying in the in the world of music, man. Um, you know, you 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 have to stay on top of. You have to promote yourself. You have to find your lane. You have to find your hook for your fan base and what's going to connect people to you. Um, so, another artist who has found their lane. In trolling, and that's Takashi Six Nine. And when you when you see what Takashi Six Nine is doing to maintain a buzz, like for me personally, I'll, I'll talk about me first. I kind of respect it because he's always keeping his name. Like he, Takashi's name is never not in something, and I and I respect that to to a point. But at some point, it's like the trolling gets a little bit out of hand. Recently, somebody finally caught up with him. Um, but what do you, what do you think about like Takashi's whole movement, his whole style, and everything he has going on there as far as like keeping the drama going? Um, I think you know it's funny because I can't necessarily hate the dude for what he's doing. I don't got a big respect on it in terms of like what he's doing in terms of keeping himself relevant in the media. A lot of people do that. Um, how he's doing it, you know, coming after people, you know, baby mom, and I'll shoot this and I'll do that and blood this and blood that. And then, you know, turn around and drop a project where you look at ice cream on the cover. Or drop a single where you look at ice cream. Like, whoa, I don't. That's outside the thug handbook, I thought. But, you know, I guess to me a little bit. Um, the good thing about Floyd, he reminded me of Floyd Mayweather. You know, Floyd going to run his mouth, run his mouth, run his mouth. The difference was we got to consistently see Floyd defend himself and kind of, you know, stake his claim. It's like, yeah, he talk a lot of trash, but we know there's a date that's going to come. He going to box. And whether you like his boxing style or not, he going to win. You know, the thing about music is it's so subjective. So, you know, it's like, did Takashi win with the music he dropping? Like, he do a lot of jarring, but does he win with the music he's dropping? Um, 
And like I said, it's just to me, I got more of a problem personally, just because you, you know, when you're growing up in the hood and stuff like that, a lot of stuff about people's hoods and they women and stuff like that, that's sacred. And I think he kind of makes a mockery of it. Not that, and it don't really help that he looked like a white dude. Like I was like, is he black? Is he white? He's Hispanic. I didn't see pictures with him with a sweater vest on. I'm like, I don't know who this dude really is. And that's my problem with most rappers. Like, what's your origin? You know, I'm very upfront about who I am, where I'm from, what I've done, what I haven't done. But a lot of these guys getting these personas and just makes me question like, yo, who are you? Where'd you come from? Who's your mom? Who's your dad? Where'd you live? Where you go to kindergarten at? You know, people's track record. So, and I mean, more power to him, man. If he getting his bread, I just hate the way he does it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, the thing. And the thing that I that person like the trolling and like you said, the disrespect of, of certain neighborhoods and certain gangs and everything like it just gets a bit much. But my thing is, regardless of all of that, I need the music. And I feel like he stopped making music. Not that I ever really, I, I can't say I, I, I like anything that he's put out so far. But my thing is, is for your fan base, for your audience, it has to all come back to music for me. You can you can do all the antics you want. every like for, And people compare it to 50 Cent all the time. But 50 Cent did some wild shit in his day. But the thing is, is when 50 was at his heyday, this man put out, it was mixtape album, mixtape album, mixtape album every couple of months. Takashi ain't doing that, man. It's, it's just he's just becoming like a, a character to share of a, of a rapper. And I'm not feeling that at all. And I think like but that's it's kind of what's happening with a lot of our artists. You know, I sat down with my manager and she just kind of broke it down to me. She's like, listen, the game isn't about just being a rapper anymore. It's about being an entertainer. Now, you choose how you want to entertain. You know, so we decided that we our lane was going to be, yo, let's go out. Let's tell my story. Let's talk about let's talk politics. Let's talk different th- stuff. You know, let's be an opinionated, um, but a part of the community. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we chose to kind of do something different, because we're all getting these platforms as artists, whether how big or small. Um, I just did a show on Sunday and some young dudes opened the show up. They couldn't have been no more than 12 or 13. And I was the headline. I went ahead and did the show. And when I get off the stage, these guys is coming to me and they talking to me and they, you know, trying to pick my brain about being an artist and stuff like that. So it's like, we all got these platforms. What are you doing with it, bro? You know, what's your impact? And that's just something that I talk to a lot of artists about. I talk to them young dudes about like, what's your impact? You know, what are you putting into this world? What are you adding? What's your what? That's the real value in you. It's like not how much money you make because money could be taken away, but impact. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King's been long gone, but his impact. Malcolm X, his impact. Barack Obama, you know, people are going to talk about the impact of Barack Obama for the next hundred years. You know, people can't really put a, a dollar amount to what you're doing. Like people don't know exactly how much money, you know, Michael Jackson may always be a dispute. But people will always remember that white glove. People will always remember that moonwalk. People will always remember the choreography from the Jackson 5 and those legacies. Um, so, you know, for a lot of artists, they're not realizing, man, what's your legacy going to be? And like you said, 50 Cent does do a lot of trash talking now, but 50 Cent's low-key, like, semi-retired. He's not even making an effort to really make music. He's doing shows. And, you know, he, he's an internet troll now. Like, yo, that's his lane. That's what he chose to graduate to. I think everybody graduates from rap one way or another. You know, it's kind of like sports. Like, you know, after you stop balling, they start popping up on uh, TV shows. Like, man, didn't he just run for a thousand yards? Now he on a sitcom or, yo, now he in this TV drama. So I think, man, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's sad what Takashi's doing, but I mean, it's starting to get part of the game now. It's just how you do it, you know, because. 
for every Takashi, you know, there's another guy who, you know, for every Takashi, there's a Nipsey Hussle who every time you hear him and see him, he dropping knowledge. You know, so, I mean, as long as there's balance in the game, there's going to be some good. There's going to be some bad. As long as there's some balance. Facts. I like the way you put that, man. I, I can't I can't agree with that enough. Um, So I'm I'm a I'm a we're going to not wrap up. but We're going to get close to the end of talking music. So I'm, I'm going to end the music part on this. And this is a question we ask everyone on the Breaks radio. No, this is not the Breaks radio, but I'm bringing a little bit of that flavor over here. But uh, if you had to, to count on any rapper strictly alive. If your life depended on a hot 16 and, I, and you're an artist, so you may pick yourself and that's absolutely fine. But who would you who would you bet? You, who would you bet your life on to drop a hot 16 at any point in time? Um, oh, that's hard because being an artist now, especially what artists go through, like that's tough, man. You know, and I hate to elongate, elongate the question, but, you know, it was a time where I probably could pick myself because at any time in my mind with so many bars. But even with myself as of late, with doing the project and the promo and, you know, you start to realize it's more than just bars. Like, but if I had to pick one artist to consistently deliver bars, oh, man, especially bars that I like. Oh, man, that's hard, bro. I, I, I'd have to say, I don't know. That, that's hard. I have to say probably push the T at any given time. If I just have to catch somebody like, all right, gun to my head. They gonna kick down this door, point the gun at them, and they gotta spit a sixteen to keep me alive. I'm gonna go with Push. Okay, I, I like that pick. I like that pick. Uh, Pusha T and Drake beef, man. Just, just, just. I know I said we were gonna get to the end of the music shit, but you just saying that made me want to pick your brain on it, man. Um, all the hip hop heads know. I know Drake fans are like Drake one, whatever. That's bullshit. I don't believe that. But when, when the story of Adidon dropped, what was your reaction? Um. You know, it's such a weird. The way that beef went down was weird. It was way different what me, than what Meek Mill did, but it was just different because, you know, from my point of view, I think Pusha T won, but he didn't win how I wanted him to win. Like, you know how you how somebody been winning so much and winning so much, and you just waiting for somebody just to come through and like beat the brakes off of him. It's like you know, it's like the adage of the bully, like the bully go around the playground, and when they finally do lose a fight, usually they don't just lose; they get beat. You know, so it was like, yo, Drake just been kind of bullying people. And I'm waiting for somebody really just to flat out, like, dismantle him. And, you know, he comes along with the story or whatever, but it's just not something that I would want to replay. Like, to be honest with you, the best beef songs to me is stuff that you can replay. But I think that's just because of the way I'm used to way to Drake beats with people now. Like, Drake, he dropped these subliminals. I think, uh, I think that's the one thing that Push did a little bit better than him was, like, he dropped some subliminals because how it started with that infrared beef was he didn't even say Drake's name, but he got up under Drake's skin because he said some subliminal stuff that kind of hit him. So then, you know, Drake was like, oh, yeah. So then Drake come back at him. And he come at him with the story of Adidon. And it's like, yo, ooh, that was a little that was that was a little rough push. That was a, that's not usually how people play. Like people usually do like the, you know, the cheesy stuff. But, you know, he went straight with the razor blades and lemon juice. But it wasn't the beat down that I was expecting. You know what I mean? So it's like. I think push one, but it's not a beef that I think, you know, it's just weird. It's like winning like 33 to 31, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, he won, but he ain't really blowing him out. I'm used to, like, when you watch Drake beef with dudes, he usually blow these dudes out. He, you know, he ain't like 60 on them because it just be like, yo, you just can't keep up with what he's doing. I thought I was like, man, yeah, I 
So I kind of already got my uh, my my drink dismantlement and my in the in the vault. If we should ever have to cross paths, you know. So. Oh damn! Okay. I said I used to be a real big Drake fan, and even still, bro, I don't hating, but it's just like hating just then became too like petty. It's like eh. he's like an evolved Takashi. He's just he's just <laughs> petty enough. He's not super duper blatant, but with it, but it's just like yo. He's just petty enough to like get under your skin, like, bro, why are you what are you doing? Like, we're men. Why are you why are you doing that? Why are you why are you talking about another dude so much? Like, why? What's the what's the point of that? He had nothing to do with it. But, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, push push he he played his hand well. He he drew him out. Yeah. They've been throwing little shots at each other for so long that like when Drake finally came out with a whole I expected Drake to like mention it in a couple of lines, whatever. When Drake came out with a full song to resp- uh, in response to Push the T, I I perked up. I'm like, "Okay, this is but this is about to get interesting." And I think Pusha when you say you ex- kind of expected Pusha to just really go in, I did too. I think Pusha was expecting Drake to respond again. I don't think that Push thought that the story of Adidon would be the last one. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I think that he was saving a lot of ammo for the knockout punch. I think he hit him with a couple of jabs, and he didn't expect Drake to just let it go after that. Like, So that's just my – I Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. Yeah, I, I feel that. that. I, I believe you when you say, like, yo, like, I, I could see that where he kind of, like, holding back his haymaker because it's like, yo, the thing is, once it's on wax – People can go back, dissect it, and that's what Drake's really good at. He's good at going back. He has, like, a team that goes back, dissect what you said, and he come back with some little catcher. So he's like, yo, if I can string him out long enough, like, all right, I'm an infrared really with just kind of subliminals, but he hopped on it and he beefed with me. Now we got beef. I kind of drew him out. So like you said, I think the story of Adidon might have just been like a jab, but it wasn't that haymaker. Like, yo, I'm going to throw the left to kind of get him, you know, soften him up. And when he opened up, like, all right, when he go to counter the left, I'm gonna hit him with his haymaker. He ain't even seen. So I, I I could agree with you on that, man. That he didn't use his best bars. Cause I mean, I've heard Drake or not Drake, but Pusha T just say some real filthy, grimy, just oh, like you know what I mean. Like I know that he could really cut somebody down. But the person who I think got at Drake the best, and people don't even really talk about it, is Kanye. Like Kanye on uh, he got the song with Kid Cudi, and he just like uh. Chill out, I like you. Too rich to fight you. You know, chill out, you light skin. Like that was that little bar right there. Them bars right there was the best bars of the beef. And he wasn't. He wasn't even really in it. And and what I mean, Drake brought him in. Like like as much as the Duppy freestyle was a response to Pusha. Like I think the hottest bars in that were more so directed to Kanye. And I don't know what that whole story is. We'll probably never get that full story there. But there, there's something going on to where those two really have a problem. Um, but unfortunately, that's all dead, man. That be I, that whole thing, I think, is gone. Yeah, I can't keep up with none of it because it's, it's Drake and Jay beefing. Like I don't never know. You know I mean, it's <laughs> like yo, they beefing, but they drop you know pound king. No, nah, they beefing, but they drop. It's like they beef, then they put songs together, then they beefed, and they put songs together. And I just be like, what's the, what's wrong with this? You niggas they mad family, at each other? Man. Or not? It's 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 just yeah. like when when the cousins. Like I'm pretty sure. You you didn't have beef with your cousins before. Like you may beef with them. Y'all may y'all may get on each other's nerves, but at the end of the day, it's all gonna be love eventually, no matter what it is. And you ain't gonna let no no outsider come. Like me and my cousins, we can argue all day. But if somebody from the outside comes in and tries to throw shots, then we getting them. And I think that that's what it is with with Jane Kanye. They really are just family. Whatever they going through, a year or so, a couple months or whatever, they'll come out with a track. We'll forget all about it. Yeah, man. Hopefully, man. Cause I, like I said, I hate to see that. 
I hate to see that break up, man, because it's just like, you know, that that duo right there inspired so many great things that I really, as an artist, loved and stuff that touched me. Like, you know, Big Brother, man, when Kanye dropped that, it made me think of my big brother. It's like, yo, that's a real brother relationship. Like, the way he feel about Jay is the way I feel about my brother. You feel me? Um, so, yeah, man, I just, I, I hope that they can go ahead and pull it together because it's just so much, you know. But another beef that I don't really understand is the is the J. Cole and Kanye beef. It, it seemed like J. Cole always chomping at Kanye. Like, why you why you at it with Kanye? He kind of like your uncle. Like, what's, what's, what's your beef with Uncle Kanye? But it's just kind of like J. Cole trying to state his claim. Like, I'm the new you know, second in charge in Rock Nation. It ain't Kanye. It's just like, what's going on there, boss? Yeah, that... J. Cole throws... He... Because he did the same thing with Wale. Like, he has a way of, like, throwing shots at somebody, but in a way that you're really trying to motivate them. He's just... He's just... Mm -hmm. J. Cole's just an interesting cat, man. Like, he is really just an interesting dude. Yeah, because he sat down with... Who was it? Lil Pump? After him and Lil Pump? Exactly. It was just like... But I think... I think the thing about it is J. Cole's an adult... You know, I think in a in a game full of egos and crybabies and this and that and going back and forth, J. Cole really handles his kind of like a man. And so, you know, he did what a man would do. Like, yo, we supposed to supposedly be beefing, but I'm older than you. I really should be like some OG looking out for you. Let's cut this a half, bro. Let's sit down. Let's talk. You know, and then people, you know, like I respect it. That's something I probably would do. Like, if I got a problem with you, we probably just going to sit down and talk it out. Now, if it comes to a point where we just can't talk, but for the most part, man, we just talk through it and we'll be good or we'll understand each other, you know, facts. And that, and that's the thing. People forget that you don't have to agree to understand somebody's point. I can completely understand where you're coming from, but that doesn't mean I agree with with where you're where your your point of view on it. And that's where people get caught up in all in all that bickering and shit. But let's uh let's let's move on from that. I got I got one thing outside of hip hop I want to talk to you about. And then. uh <laughs> And then we'll um well it's kind of still hip hop adjacent but uh we'll, we'll we'll discuss that next and that is so I talked about this a couple weeks ago on my podcast and it Pusha T referenced that Kanye's MAGA hat is the new Ku Klux Klan hood what when you when you see the MAGA hat everything it represents Trump whatever else that you see when you look at that man what are the first thoughts that come to your mind you know it's funny because how something can just something so simple. It has so much power because now when I see a white dude with a red hat, I'm kind of waiting for them to turn around and see like, yo, is that going to say make America great again? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And when you turn around and then they confirm it, it's like, all right, I kind of know your agenda. Like you said, it's kind of like, I don't know, the Ku Klux Klan, the one thing Donald Trump has done is, is he's put racism in clear sight. People like racism doesn't exist or he's bringing out he's creating new racism. It's like, nah, dog, that always existed. He just making it comfortable for people to be who they really are. And, you know, when I see it, it's just like, yo, you kind of I kind of get where you coming from. I just have an issue, you know, because I've never seen a MAGA hat at a, at a, you know, like a food pantry or something like giving out food. I've never seen. MAGA ever making America great or America great again. You know, I'm I'm not seeing it. You know, it's one thing if, you know, you see MAGA hats, but they doing, you know, community service or, you know, MAGA hats and they're feeding the homeless or, you know, the people that you hate, the Red Sox hat that you hate, you know, the the local hats that everybody's making and you, you know what I'm saying, look at us and look down on us. We're out there at the community, you know, 
know, doing stuff at food pantries. You know, if you see one of my 2.0 hats or you see a Fresh Fly hat, shout out to my home, my homie Fresh Fly. You know, if you see one of them around, they could be liable to be doing anything, picking kids up, coaching kids at football, you know, um, doing food drives. You know, I've never seen a MAGA hat in that capacity. I've never seen them do anything that makes America great. Like, I've never seen it. So for me, it's just like, you know, back it up. Like, if you're going to wear a football helmet, you better be willing to tackle somebody. You know, if you want to wear a MAGA hat, then get out here and do something that makes me feel like, yo, America is looking great again. Because right now, you're just wearing a hat, you're just doing the talk, but you're not really doing the walk. And that's an issue for me. Well, damn. Um, There's nothing left to say on it after that. You just broke that shit all the way down. Um, So, you know, I... I, Listen, (laughs) and it's not something I really think about, but, you know, when you said it and I had to really sit down and think, it's like, how does that those hats make me feel? Not a lot of people have ever asked me that, so I'm glad that you asked that question. Yeah, no problem, man. That's what we do here. We like to get deep. But uh, I want to thank you for your time, man. Before before we go officially, uh, you know, you you, get, you got your project. We haven't talked about your music too much specifically, man. If there is any any one track that everyone needs to check out, I know you check out the project. But any one track for someone who wants to get familiarized with your music, who lives outside of Columbus, who's listening to this, man, what's the track they need to check out? Man, uh, that's a tough one, man, because the whole project, like I said, it's called To Be Honest, Growing Pains. You can check it out on uh, on SoundCloud, No Room, the number two, and then Fail. Uh, that's also my SoundCloud. My SoundCloud and Instagram are both No Room uh, and then the number two, Fail. Um, that's honestly, man, the way I drop projects, man, You, it just kind of each song builds upon the other song. So really just to know about me it's a short listen man it's only like 26 minutes 26 minutes it's like nine tracks you know you sit down for 30 minutes you work out or you just got 30 minutes to drive to work or anything you could digest the whole thing and it's really hard for me because each track you know highlights something different you know uh started with a dream is is really about beginnings you know i got another song that talks about politics and mental health Uh, i got a song that talks about my hood and where i'm from you know, I got another song that's just kind of like an introspective look at like, yo, like kind of like it's called Growing Pain. So the ideal behind all the songs is like, yo, continual growth. You're watching somebody move from almost like uh, a preteen or a young adult, even though I'm a lot older than that now. But kind of that stage of like growing into the man that I've become. So if I have to choose one song to kind of embody the whole project, I'm going to be a little biased. I'm going to say, do you see me now? You know, the single, the lead single off that project is from my side. And it's a song that a lot of people love, especially if you grew up on the South Side like I did. Um, but Do You See Me Now, I think it's like, yo, you get everything that you need to know about me from that song. You know, you're going to get bars. Uh, you're also going to get story. You're going to get a lot of different stuff. So Do You See Me Now probably embodies kind of where I'm at right now and who I am as an artist. Um, that was a tough question. You're asking me the hard questions, yeah. man. You know, <laughs> You're supposed to throw me a marshmallow like, hey, you know, how many twerk videos do you watch a day? Like 17 or something, man. You asked me the hard part. I had to dig in myself. I'll be tossing and turning the night like, did I say the right thing? Did I, did I tell them the song? Will they go and be like, I can't believe this nigga picked this one song? You know? So, hey, I, do you see me now? I feel that, man. Uh, and you mentioned something that, that I know we were getting ready to close, but you but you just really sparked my interest with that, man. Let, let, you mentioned mental health. Um, and I've been on this big kick for like the last year. I did a whole episode on mental health, uh, uh, two of them. And in the, in our community, in the black community, I really didn't realize until like the last year, just how like 
traumatized and how like it's it's almost like the thing that we don't talk about in our community. And I love that it's 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 getting more out there. Do your mental health. It's not afraid, especially black men. It's not. Don't be ashamed man. do whatever you need to do to get yourself right, no matter what you've been through, because as men, we go through some PTSD that we don't even realize. And, and not just men, everyone, but specifically, man, stop being ashamed to go out there and make sure that you're right. Because at the end of the day, we can't take care of our families if we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah, man. I think, like I said, the song is called Less and More. If you if people want to dive more into that, because it was talking about both mental health and, and being poor which is two things I think that go hand in hand, because like you said, people are living in an environment when you're impoverished because people say, oh, racism, this racism, that. But it's really starting to turn to classism. Don't get me wrong. Racism is always going to be uh, it's going to be around. But class it's like, yo, that one percent thing is a real thing. And, you know, you're starting to see more and more disenfranchised white people. You know, I, I walked down the street and seen some white people I felt bad for. I was like, man, y'all look like y'all having it hard. And I live in the hood. But to look at y'all like, man. And it's like, they don't care. It's, it comes down to how many zeros, what you can contribute from an economic standpoint. And then, like you said, mental health, man, because a lot of us will brush it off, you know, like, oh, this is cool. That's it. But I just, you know, from dealing with different people, you know, I was in a relationship, uh, uh, abusive relationship where the woman was, you know, physically and mentally abusing me. But that's from, you know, from years of her going through mental abuse and emotional abuse and stuff like that. So it's like, yo. And, you know, that pours down on the kids and it just it, it can get really bad, man. And, it, you know, mental health, like I said, is a big deal. You know, people think, oh, you know, your body and people are worried about heart attacks and strokes and stuff like that. But it's like, yo, you know, people really I've sat down and heard people tell me, you know, I but for this, I would commit suicide. You know, I've been there, man. You know, and people think, yo, suicide is this thing, this impulsive, crazy. like, oh, I'm just going to kill myself. A lot of times it's just like, yo, I just don't feel like living no more. I don't feel like getting up no more. You know, people think that, you know, um, just different stuff, man, just and dealing with people. You know, people think that, uh, you know, certain things accompany other things like mental health is like this big, crazy cuckoo thing. And a lot of times it's just your mind state. Just like, yo, I knew somebody who didn't like going out the house because they felt like they was always being chased and they was always being watched, you know. So it's like and then when they broke it down, it's like, yo, they had reason to feel like they were being chased or watched. Um so, yeah, man, in the environment and the climate we live in, man, your mental got to be sharp. It got to be, you know, because your body, a lot of people's body grow faster than their brains do. And you got a lot of people walking around as men and women that are still children in the brain. Um, and that can be stressful, you know, when somebody goes from being a child and then you have a child yourself and then you hear and you stressed out and you dealing with depression and anxiety and stuff like that, like. Yo, like, but you still really a kid yourself. And now you burdened with all these tasks. Um, but that's just our environment. That's where we come from. That's how we live on this side. So got to be careful. Got to look out for yourself. Got to take care of yourself. Stay prayed up. You know, keep your mental strong. Absolutely, man. Uh, well, you know, I think that's that's a great place to end, man. That's a great thing to leave, to leave everyone on, man, is, is take care of yourself. Um, because it, it's nothing more important than that. I know you gave it at the uh, a little bit early in the show. But go ahead and plug all your social media so everyone can, can know where to find you. So like I said, man, if you're interested in what Deuce is doing, man, go check me out on Instagram. Uh, no Room, the number two, and then Fail. And it's the same thing for my SoundCloud. No Room, the number two, and then Fail, all one word. Type it in in Google is one word. You know, all my stuff will pop up. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm honored to be on the show, and I'm glad that you asked. That's why I really like podcasts and why I really like why I wanted to kind of work 
in conjunction with this culture or work with this culture is because, you know, this music, bro, is only like two, three minute clips, you know, of ideas. And you may miss it because you're being entertained. But to sit down and have these conversations, um, it opens up so many doors, man, to sit down for an hour and really be able to hash it out and hammer it out and have good conversation, man, and really put your thoughts kind of together. You know, so I'm very honored and very thankful that you had me on. Oh man, anytime, anytime. We we in the same city, so we gonna link up. The next time we do this, it's just for the energy alone. It's gonna have to be face to face in person, like period, point blank. Right. So uh, we gonna have to link up, do that, feed off that energy, man. But I want to thank you for taking time out your day, man. Uh, listen, man, you know, check them out. We're gonna go ahead and sign off. We'll see you guys next week. Got my way in like Marlin, nigga. Trying to flood the streets like New Orleans, nigga. What happens when you want the nigga? Right then when you start to figure Can't change up, they all wanna change us So do me a favor, unless your label is major And can pay for the nights that I stayed up They don't say shit, homie don't play shit It's always the same script Cause I act how I wanna smoke blacks in the thunder Man, I used to play ball, fell back on my jumping Yet the defense was in prevent And the bars that I present Was colder than nights, make a mask up like ski trips And that cliff, man, steep as fuck Your girl weave, cheap as fuck Daydream disorders Probably the reason that she sleeps with us See what I become, Bruce is number one When it's times myself, all the times I felt I can't find myself, I just need some help What you lose or you gain when you play in this game Man, there's nothing but fame and it all fade away Man, and all that remains is the hoes and champagne Is it a shame that that's all that I want Back to the basics when these hoes the front Sipping some coke while you all need a bump Where's Aston Kutcher, am I getting pumped? Do you see me now? See me now.